she, you think she's never coming back. Yeah. She comes back. She's hoping the pressure points. You're thinking, okay, cool. <laughs> that was. <laughs> and I know I'm gonna get a lot, a lot of hit for this, maybe. But Naruto, I was like, no. oh, and a big question here. Yeah. Should anime slash art like that be free? Hey guys, welcome to episode 16 of the Wham Weeds podcast. I'm with my co-hosts Max and Quibs. On today's episode, we're going to be covering streaming services on anime related and how uh, Kiss Anime has gone down. For fitness topic, we're going to be talking about coaching client relationship. And to help us with that, we're going to have a special guest on, uh, powerlifter slash part-time weeb, Jerry Diva. Um, but before we get started, um, how's your week been, guys? Uh, yeah, not bad. Uh, Quibs, you got a polo on, mate. You got a date on after this, or what's going on? <laughs> got you dressed up for the. <laughs> You've dressed up for the podcast today. Do you know, like, is it Sergio Oliva? Like, yeah, yeah, you need yeah. to wear polos and that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the truth about this polo. My dad got it for me, and I saw it. and I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> like, I I <laughs> don't like it when he buys me clothes. Anyway, I like to buy my own clothes because you already know if you got gains. Not many clothes fit you properly. Yeah, yeah. You have to try them on. It may look good, but you have to try it on and see if it actually suits your physique. I was like, you know, let me give it a try. Try it on. I was like, oh, it's actually not too bad. It so, looks quite comfortable. It looks fitted, but like not too yeah. tight. I can't see the arm. How is that like the sleeve? The sleeve's not oh, too yeah, tight. Not too bad. Bit, are smaller than they usually are. So <laughs> when I get the proper gains, it's mad. Because like, what, last week I did a little shopping mm. and I do, they, in most shops now, if I'm correct, the change rooms are not open due to COVID. Oh, yeah. So... You have to go home to try the clothes on. I say you tried them on in the store, just like top off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to, and the guy said that his manager's right there and he'll stop me, so there's no point in even trying. Oh. I think, what is his manager going to do to me, really? I was like, nah, let me not be. But <laughs> no well, he, he can't touch you, can he? Because he's social distancing. So, you know, he's yeah. a stick. Mm, Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Get yeah. bruised, like, try uh, shuffling away. So, like, if you've got gains, shopping is going to be doubly hard for you now. But apart some, from that, some clothes look good on like skinnier people as well. It's just the way it is. Like I really yeah. like a slim frame and it hangs off them. And then some clothes are bigger on bigger people. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. I think we need a few more fashion influences for people with gains. It's a good point. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of fashion yeah. influences for like yeah. plus size or skinny people or just average people. But when it comes to gains, not so much a dedicated fashion. You just have to follow bodybuilders who dress well mm. and kind of copy them. Um, but there's no like specific, you have to go to specific web, like website. So yeah. I was telling you guys about the tailored athlete. You can yeah. see what the clothes look like on a muscular person because all their models are very muscular. Mm. So you can tell roughly what it's going to look like, but that's a specific niche brand. You can't tell what your high street clothes are going to look like on muscly people because they don't use those models because they're trying to cater to the, the big, uh, the widespread audience. So Cribs has been shopping. Um, anything else, Cribs? For me, not too much really, now. What about you, Max? Uh, I have done not much. I mean, I was house-sitting for Nathan last week. Um, so I was just kind of at home a lot, as much as I could be. Just chilling. I'm working a lot at the moment. And That's good. Don't really have two. Oh, the weekends are free at the moment, so that's quite nice. But then, when you work a lot in the week, you just want to kind of chill at the weekend, don't you? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, but I've decided I've been slacking on gym. So, because I have the gym at home, I've been using it as an excuse not to train really hard. Like in my oh. mind, like oh, I can't, 
I can't train 100% because it's just a home gym. So I go into every workout with that mindset going, this will be okay, but not perfect. And really, my home gym, it's not really like a home gym anymore. There's so much stuff in there. There's no excuse not to have a good workout. Mm. So now I've, I've, I've switched back into, this is just a gym and I'm going to do a workout like I would do at the gym. And I'm hopefully going to start pushing some weights again. I was going to say, have you, done anything, have you done anything in particular? Like, is, it, is that just a mental switch or have you done something to your program or anything? Um, it's more, well, I'm still reading that 42 training article from Scott Stevenson who made that. And he's just, just reading things about how to, how to stress the muscle again. It's stuff you know, but you just need to reread. And it's like, oh, am I actually training that hard? And I think mm. back and I'm like, probably not 110%. Like I'm not focused as much as I would be in a prep. Mm. And I'm not saying I need to be that focused, but I've definitely not been pushing as hard as I could be. And there's no excuse for that because my gym is good enough to do that. And I've actually mm. just brought, I've bought a landmine press attachment and, a, oh, nice. and another grip. So now I'll be able to do rows of, the, of T-bar rows and also close grip pull downs, close grip rows from the cables with this new grip. Really? Um, so yeah, basically my gym is the best gym in the world to do back and pretty much nothing else. But <laughs> we need it, who cares? Though. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to train back. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to try and start training a little bit harder, start pushing food up again. Mm. Uh, but apart from that, not really. Nathan, you have had the best week, surely. <laughs> Save yourself till last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so as some of you might know, uh, I was away. I was in Greece for five days and uh, now we just went there just to have a lot of chill time just enjoy ourselves we haven't been away since like beginning of the year and uh just t- uh, to shoot some content as well uh some stories out there do you know i really had like a hit or miss with the food out there so mm. like the food was either really good or the food was just rubbish like for example there's one place we went into town so i stayed at mykonos so if, if you guys didn't know i was in mykonos in greece and we went into town and the restaurants were quite nice but we went to this italian place like probably rule of thumb don't go to italian place when you're in greece and um i got i got like i was like let's play it safe i get this bag bowl and like it was just lots of spaghetti no hardly any mints lots of sauce and the spaghetti was undercooked so it's like chewy and you need bite into it and it's just like and you can taste yeah. like, the, the flour i'm like ah no and you ever get that do you ever get that guilt when you're like in a restaurant right and like you eat the food it's not that nice and they come over and they go how's the food and you're like yeah it's great fine, <laughs> yeah, fine. and in your mind you're like no, take it, take it back. But I'm like an introvert I'm at heart. And I'm just like, I'm trying to be really nice. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, I'll, I'll take my time. So we stayed at, oh, couldn't tell you the name of the hotel. I one, but we stayed at one of the best hotels in uh, Mykonos. And it's like really famous. It's amazing. You get like your own um, uh, cave pool in your hotel room and everything. And quite a lot of famous people stay at the hotel, which I'll get into in a minute, by the way. But um, they had this restaurant. It's really nice. There. It's called Azura. And I got these lamb chops and they were amazing. It says Japanese theme, this restaurant and the lamb chops, man. It was like, they had some sort of like chili seasoning and sauce, which is so off for lamb. Cause I normally have, you'd have like mint sauce, right? Or yeah. mint seasoning with lamb. I was like, oh, I ordered that. Oh, it's amazing. So good. So that's like the good side of the food. Obviously it's an expensive hotel. We weren't going to stay the whole time. We were only there for a couple of nights. But the night we leave and we go to stay at another hotel, which is really nice as well. Now, if anyone doesn't know, I'm a big Chelsea fan. I follow football. About six Chelsea players go to the hotel. Really? I was in yet literally the next morning. Wow. Gutted. So you and missed two. When did you when did you leave? Well. Did you leave in the morning? So we left in the morning. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. We left in the morning. And they obviously I became that day the next day. Because on the final night in Greece, I've checked Instagram and I've gone because everyone's going Greece. I think it's because it's it's one of those places that England people, English people can go to and travel to. Mm. Um mm. everyone's going Greece. And I see these Chelsea players, they put on Instagram like Hmm. And I Wait checked a the location and I was like, no. And I like, Ling was laughing at me because I was like proper like fangirl. And I was like, let's see if we can like go to the lobby tomorrow morning before we go to the airport. <laughs> and like to see him and stuff. Oh, it's, 
But it, it is what it is. I didn't get to see him, but it's like, oh, just missed out. But no, Greece, uh, Greece is great. Mykonos is great. Weber's great. Everyone everyone um, was doing what they could with their social distancing, mm. uh, especially the, the, the natives, obviously, not so much the tourists, because tourists, you know, you know what they're like on the holiday. Mm. But all in all, Greece is good. And I'm just glad to be back now. You, back settled, you settled into being home? Yeah. So um, this week's seasonals, we're all watching some shows together. We're watching ReZero, we're watching Fire Force, we're watching God of High School, watching Hero Nasora. I didn't get to see uh, Hero Nasora this week because I was actually binging. I've been watching a lot of Tokyo Ghoul, but I won't review that because it's irrelevant for us right now. Um, but for ReZero, have you guys caught up with ReZero? Yeah, at least you yeah. watched it earlier. Okay, cool. That's what I'm talking about because it's on my mind. So big reveal, he's not home. It was a test. Mm. Cool. Because he went into the thing and he's eligible to do the test mm. so he he passes the test because just you know because he's sick he is who he is but then sort of the end of that episode he goes goes to the mansion he's, he yeah. thinks something's gone awry goes up to the mansion that bloody woman she's back again yeah is it Elsa season I one can't remember. You think, one or two yeah. she, you think she's never coming back yeah she comes back slish lost slish bum 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 it's like oh he's this girl Jesus Right, so that's the end of that episode. Then it's the next episode, and he's obviously died. He goes back. The media is. She's doing the test. She's having a bit of a nightmare. You mm. know, she's she's whining, whatever. So and then the whole episode, the ne- this season seems to have taken a bit of a dark twist because you find she out does. that Ros- Roswell Summer is a bit of a devious he's, fox. He's aware. Like he's he's like pulling strings in the background. He's not helping here on purpose to make this happen. Yeah, it's a bit of a dark turn now. There's lots of pawns being played. Mm. Um, seems a bit more tactical. And his the return by death thing. It hasn't happened in a long time, has it, really? No. Mm. And then it comes back and it's like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. This is like a, a, a chess game. Yeah, there's just a mad, that mad fight in the mansion with the Mar Beast, with um, yeah. Elsa, with Ram, with, uh, what's her name, uh, Frederica. She turns into a beast, all just, mm. all kicking and off. Then, you, and then you had the ending, which was like, didn't go to Subaru's plans. So Subaru was planning to die. Yeah. And yeah. then... Thingy, what's her name? Beatrice. Beatrice saves yeah. He's like, what the hell? Are you yeah. Like, why do you let me die now? He, now... Basically, everything that's happened is still canon because he hasn't died yeah. yet to go back, yeah. which is obviously Petra's, Petra's dead, Ram's dead, I yeah. think. And um, what's the other one? Uh, Fred, Frederica? Frederica, yeah. yeah. But do you know what I find so funny about the return by death stuff, which always gets me, is like, you know, before he went back, uh, before he died, you know, when he originally was going back to the mansion, mm. everyone was saying certain things. Like, you know, the guy, I forget his name. Is it Goff? 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 Oh, Goff. No, Just Goff. Goff. Yeah, Goff. Yeah. Sure. He was like, he was saying, saying stuff like, "Oh yeah, you should do the trial. Why are you making the media do it?" And he's like, "Oh yeah," and he dies, comes back, says it, and he's like, "Why would you do that?" And you're like, <laughs> "But you, but, but it was you. You said it, yeah. but, but like, you didn't." Oh. yeah. I, I, I love how they do that. They done it. Did it a lot in season one as well, where you're like, you, you're like, "Cool, Subaru's doing the right thing." Shit, no, he's not. Shit, he can't do him. Shit, he's still alive. He has to die. Damn it, where are we going with this? Yeah, mm. it's it's all over the place. I actually really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I like yeah. that. I like the mental aspect of it. It's quite good. I guess because it's kind of a bit darker. Um, I like that. So you see the century, like the chief of the century. Mm-hmm. It goes into a theme that you touched on before, mate, with the lollies. She's supposed to be like this really old woman. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. Even weekly, even Subaru identified it. Mm. So like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember that. All right, let's go on to Fire Force. Yes. Fire Force, last two weeks. Ooh. It was actually quite funny how they're all getting high off the air. Oh, the gas, yeah, that was, that was so silly. <laughs> yeah. The atmospheric gas, yeah. And then you had the mole and the crow that could speak, which was a new theme. Because mm-hmm. from where they are, they, well, they don't have any speaking animals. But then also, you see what happens to all the infernals that are not put to death. They're just wandering. 
in that yeah. in that like a chasm. Chasm, yeah, it's the big cold. Yeah, mm. it's kind of sad, really. Basically, because they're on the this like they're in the Chinese peninsula, they've gone across to another land. So I think they're all not sure about what's going on, and there's lots of things that are different. So you've got all these unrested infernals. You've got the animals who can speak because of the Adola burst in some way, or just like the general, in, you know, uh, flame. Mm. And then you find they've got that big, what's it called? The, um, yeah, but Amaratsu, that's big, another form Amar- of Amaratsu, yeah. yeah. It's like a second one. And they're trying to work out, was this the first mm-hmm. one or the second mm-hmm. one? And they're, all, they're trying to find out what the hell happened. Like what caused the great, was it the cataclysm 250 years ago or whatever it's called, something like that. And they're on like a little investigation, but there's so many weird stuff that it's not, not adding up. It's, it is interesting because they're trying to, again, it's, we'd spoken, you spoke about this before, about the world building. There's a lot more to explore mm. than you initially think. So it's it's quite intriguing. Yeah, I found it weird that they never, no one's bothered to, unless someone has investigated and they're being t- told to shut up. Anyone's, no one's investigated what actually caused or the whole thing about the cataclysm before. Why that's a thing now, but maybe there's a good reason for that. But yeah, yeah. I can see what they're doing with the um, Amaratsu thing. They're trying to, they're, they're doing that, that theme where it's like, it's like destroyed beauty where it's something that's seen as bad or evil, like the Adola Link and the Amaratsu, but it can do, do both beauty and damage. So like the cataclysms, mm. or it can like bring more grass or earth or plants or make animals yeah. talk, whatever it might be. So it's like a flip of a coin. So um, mm. I find that I find those themes interesting. That's why I mainly got from the episode. It kind of shows you what the power can be used for, and like yeah. the good good potentials of it and the bad potentials of it as well. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that episode, but it was also that's what I was talking about. So the black character, he has some like Yoruba spears or something like that, mm. and then Yoruba is a tribe, such clan in Nigeria. So right. I was like, oh, okay, it's very like big cultural link for mm. the character. So it was also referencing stuff as well. So I like that. What did you guys think of uh, God of High School this week? It was interesting. It was an interesting week. I'd probably give it an eight or nine out of 10, but not a solid 10 out of 10. It was <laughs> Jin's whole thing, the pressure points. You're thinking, okay, cool. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I wonder why he did it to himself. I was like, oh my god! I was expecting to see some nets, like yeah. what? Not even he just moves his hand, and the opponent gets, gets knocked out. Yeah, and then yeah. to find out he can't even move after. It's like it was anticlimactic, but it was also <laughs> humorous as well. Then you had the chief oh. commissioner, if I'm correct, and mm. the guys from Knots trying yeah. to um, take him out. So the thing that he has in him is a limiter, and all these things is like, oh, okay, cool. You're starting to introduce different elements into an anime. I like that. That was good to watch, and also the black woman who's also the commi- a, another commissioner, like her. I can't say the word. Her power. Yeah, char- chariot. Chariot, Chari- but they say it like Chuck. I don't. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. See, I was gonna say Chang Jerry and I'm like, yeah, that's definitely not it. So I'm not gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the dragon that looks sick. Yeah, proper sick, and it's also also it was hench. Like it was the size of the entire building. Yeah, mm. only its head got in the <laughs> got on the floor. I was like, oh shit, how big is this thing? Yeah, and then you can see that last character that was fighting, and like how he was completely annihilating his opponents. I yeah. was unfortunately thinking, okay, cool. How is Jin gonna tackle that? That's the guy I want to talk about. Yes, because so. he is obviously completely fucking unhinged, and he doesn't give a shit. Like he'll beat someone, keep beating them, he'll kill him. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He's he's there to win. You don't know his morals yet, but you can tell. It's the way they draw the character. You know he's a. You know he's an arsehole. Mm. And uh, Jin, obviously, you know what his morals are. Like, he wants to win, but he's a good guy. Does it in a good way. This guy is like an arsehole. So I'm hoping that this is now going to be a, some sort of rivalry for a few episodes. Um, not only in the ring, but also backstories about why you're like that kind of thing. It's just a bit of development. But again, this week was 
and last week. It's just more of, right, this is a team event. And the first scene is like, right, here's the fight. I love that. It's just straight in. And they got that fight going on whilst the Knox v. Um, commissioner fights are going on. It's just info, action, info. It's just constant. Mm. And mm. it's not leaving any, there's no dead air. Yeah, so um, I gathered about the last two episodes. So the episode before was the build-up for the, the new power system, the Chariot, mm. um, where they explained yeah. it. And it turns out, so what it is, is people can exchange, exchange summoning some sort of monster or beast, like an ancient monster or beast, but it didn't go into detail of what the exchange is. So I'm assuming it's something that will be explained later, but that's something you can, you can gather that power and anyone can. But, um, and then you had, so that episode beforehand was more to do for the build up. And then this episode I feel was the, you could say the director or the animation studio or whatever, or the manga car flexing the muscle of the power system. So that's where we got to see it in full flow. Like every second we got to see different types of, um, of it going on in battles and fights. But what I wanted to say guys, I don't, I don't think you guys caught onto this. You know, the guy in the last fight, do you know who that is? You've seen him before. You so you know, Maury's first fight when he does the triple kick and everything on that guy who's like, who's um, in the little, in the, he's bound up. Yeah. Yeah. The guy we saw at the end, he's the one that was bullying him. Do you remember that scene? No, which do you remember, do you remember, do you remember that guy has a flashback. So you know the Maury, you know the one Maury fought. Yeah, one yeah. Who, who was in, in the straight jacket. Yeah, 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 straight yeah, jackets. Yeah. Remember he has a he has a flashback where he's getting bullied and he's getting talked down on and he's he's acting more passive. He's got no. someone bullying him. That's him. I've got no Yeah, you can't remember. That's no. the guy who's doing it. So that's his that's his build up. Oh, okay, right. But we obviously know he's like yeah, big dog basically. So that's interesting. One thing I gathered as well was with Jin's granddad, he's obviously kind of against the people who are pro for the chariot in the case. So there's like two kind of, I've noticed there's kind of like two things going on. You've got, you've got a martial arts purist, which is obviously like Jin's, Jin's granddad. And then you've got the people who are for like the chariot power, powers. So it'd be interesting to see how those two worlds collide. Mm. So I want to see more of um, Jin's granddad. And I'm yeah. assuming he's going to probably play a role in that sense. I like, I, I like that um, each each of the three in the soul team all got like a, a mini mentor before the event thing mm-hmm. happened. So he got the old dude. Uh, <laughs> Doctor guy, yeah. Yeah. And also the, uh, the, other, the announcer died, right? The other announcer. I know that's, he yeah, got, I know that's quite sad. Got murdered. I was like, uh, what? Mm. <laughs> what? What what happened there? But yeah, he just got, got murdered by one of the Knox guys. So I'm, I'm hoping that they you, you get to see a bit more mentorship and they'll probably explain how the, the chariot thing works maybe mm-hmm. through the mentorship for our benefit. So that'll mm-hmm. be cool because the other teams are using it, but they're not yet, are they? Well, they, they kind of are, but not fully. All right, cool. So what Nate, saying, guys? Max, oh, is up. Joey, powerlifter slash powerlifting coach and also fellow weeb. Joey. You to introduce yourself, like let's say five words. Five words about yourself. Five words. Um, lazy, hardworking, <laughs> <laughs> determined, uh, calculated, but a bit of a clown. I don't know. If that's five. I miscounted. No, that's five. Yeah. Uh, I think that was five. Yeah. yeah. So right, cool. Bro, anything, anything more than five reps in it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so like, as a powerlifter, how was lockdown for you? Because like, you powerlifters, um, you had like your secret gyms. In like different locations in it. Well, I, w- I wouldn't even call it a secret, you know. It's just when there's a will, there's a way in it. So, mm. me and my boy were just like, listen, um, we've always been talking about like having our own little like place to train. So, mm. we gathered whatever like whatever we could, set the whole thing up, start ordering things in, plates, like racks, you name it. Start building platforms ourselves, and then they yeah, made it work. Mm. Similar to what you did, Max. Yeah, but uh, Joey, did you find it really hard to get a hold of equipment when you first started looking? Because when I started looking for like bars and plates and stuff, I did find it either difficult or 
overly priced because people are trying to shift all their stuff to other people yeah you know what it's it's the latter really like uh, i remember looking at the site before when i first thought about it and i was like oh yeah the price ain't too bad mm. and then post lockdown boy it was just the price was sky high i was like i don't know man i might have to chop an arm or a leg or something <laughs> but like get get something working here so what have you got what have you got at the moment what have you like managed to get hold of so far or like li literally everything that i need to do like the big three so like i got mm -hmm. like combo rack for squatting and benching and then mm -hmm. build a platform for deadlifting enough plates like where um, i counted it just now actually it was like like 427 kilos like in, including the bar that's decent yeah I think yeah. a lot of people, uh, if they really wanted to train and they wanted to get the most out of the least equipment, you need some kind of rack, a bench, a bar, and some plates, and go back yeah. to basics and just try and progress. And you know, quickly, could you go through your journey into powerlifting and how you became a powerlifter and also a coach? Uh, okay, okay. So journey into it. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Way back when, I was never really into that the gym thing. Like I thought, right, this is this is mad long. I could man actually like spend hours and hours just like doing the same movements and trying to look good. But then I don't know. Like basically, I broke my hand. Breaking my hand, I couldn't really go uni. I couldn't really go works, and I got a little bit. I got a little bit chubs in it. So I started doing the home workout, and I was like, right, I got, I got a bit of loose skin. So let me try bang gym. And I thought, right, I'm actually changing to something I thought I'd never be. Then I did the whole like trying to look aesthetic for a while, and I was like, right, this ain't this ain't really hard. It's like. It felt like tedious and monotonous after a while. Yeah. So it was actually an ex, like, because she was like, she watched this YouTuber guy. I was like, oh yeah, check him out. He looks like he's a strong guy. And I checked his I checked his page. I don't know if you lot if you lot know Bok Kwan. He, he owns that Barber Brigade gym up in like um, California, LA. Mm. Uh, when I checked him out, he just posted a video of his like his first meet, and I was like, "Raw, that looks kind of fun." So, me being me, I just googled like powerlifting in the UK, checked it out. When's when's the next comp? Did like I don't know, probably like six, eight weeks of like prep for it. Did it? I was like, "Raw, I, 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 I proper enjoyed it. I think I, I can get really into it." And then I didn't, I didn't know I was gonna come second. Like, it was, I, I was, I was, I thought I was just gonna be like a guest lifter. Then mm. I proper like started buying the equipment. Won my first comp in London. Which was I was just like raw. I didn't know I was that strong. But yeah, I just kept progressing, like qualified for nationals, and then eventually like working my way up the ranks, like top three, top top two, whatever in the UK. And then in terms of coaching, it was actually a mixture of everything, really, because um, first of all, I really wanted to know what what I was doing, so I got myself like you know the my fitness fitness level three, the PT, get to know what I was doing. Out of the necessity of like just having to know what I needed to do, not just myself, but for people around me, because everyone around me, like, weirdly enough, started getting into powerlifting as well. And mm. they were, like, nationally ranked level. Some, some, some of my close friends are, like, internationally ranked. They, they just felt the needs of someone, me, I guess, pick a short straw. And then, I guess, whatever I've, I've searched, whatever I've learned from experience, from looking at others' movements, looking at the legends out there, like Ed Cohen, even the most current ones, like Bryce Crochet, they, how they approach things, the mentality behind it all. It just, I just started like piecing it all together, kind of like a puzzle. And then even to this day, I'm still learning from like, I don't, I don't know if that's if the answer to your question, I feel as like I was rambling. No, that was good. That was no, good. that was perfect. That was really good. That was really good. Nathan, you had a question you wanted to get in there? Yeah, I was going to ask. So I'm going to ask probably the question that probably most listeners would be really interested is, uh, could you maybe give us some like some stats? So like maybe also like your, um, your meat weight, typically weight that you go for and what's some of your best stats from your, your previous oh, um, you, So I'm one of the fortunate ones. Like I've never really had to cut down for me, but I usually weigh around like 64, 65 kilos in the under 66 class. 
And my uh, best stats um, in comps is like 190 squat, 135 bench, and a 225 deadlift. So it's not, it's reasonably okay. I mean, for your weight though, because it's, mm. it's, obviously from what I know about you know, strength sports, powerlifters, you're looking at how strong can I be at this weight? You're looking yeah. at you know, your body weight to strength ratio yeah. and trying to pull as much as you can with the leverages you've got. So that's, it's impressive to think if you weigh that much and you're lifting how many times your body weight on that lift it's like it's really impressive so obviously you, you did the the home workouts and then you started doing stuff for aesthetic reason and then you found it a little bit monotonous what are the big differences between like more of a traditional sort of bodybuilding style trying to get big essentially i mean we try and get a bit stronger but we try to get big and aesthetics rather than training for the pure strength what is it about that that you really found exciting compared to the just getting bigger oh uh, to be honest like really and truly it's just mm -hmm. that fear of like dying under a barbell like if ask anyone that's ever training me especially on the bench press and I'm, I'm holding up like i don't know like 160 with a slingshot or like i've, I've been doing bench equipment recently and you're holding like 200 kilos just on your wrists and then you sort of slip up and you're like and if you've ever ever trained me you always like get to see that i'm laughing whenever shit i was about to die there mm. <laughs> i mean that's a pretty good answer yeah i like that <laughs> a cool secret you know nearly die every time that'll keep you yeah. on edge for sure yeah no, fair enough yeah. i got i got one more question um how how tall are you? Do you find that people in your weight category are shorter? Because what does it look like on a meet day? Because I'm in my mind, I'm thinking not not of you specifically, but I'm thinking of a meet like really stocky, strong, shorter guys. I don't know why my brain's doing that, but you know what? Yeah, um, from my experience, I've I've done um, three consecutive uh, British Championships, and the the people that's won have all been like different body shapes, I guess. Mm, like the, the guy that won it last year in my in my weight class was like he was kind of tall. He looked like he, he, it looked actually like in a weight class above. Mm. It was kind of like blanky, but he mm. won. And I was like, rah, this guy's like neck. And then the, the year before that, it was a stocky guy, like you said. And I was like, okay, mm. cool. That makes a bit more sense. It was like more, more or less like my height, like 5'2", five 5'3", five mm. sort of like height range. But the guy that won last year, I reckon he was about at least 5'6", five 5'7". Five All right. Okay. I'm trying to think of like 60, 65 kilos, roughly, or 64, and then trying to put that, that height somewhere on me, thinking, right, how big? They must be, they're strong, but they're this tall trying to like piece it together in my mind because it's kind of hard to guess how much yeah, how tall yeah. someone is sometimes when you see them mm. so yeah i just i just wanted to yeah to work that out in my in my head matt so the listeners how tall are you and how much do you weigh right now um seven foot three <laughs> and i weigh 150 kilos <laughs> uh, i'm uh, a touch a touch under six foot i'm five eleven and a half and i weigh about nine, 90 kilos at the moment but cribs you're you're four foot six and you're 110 kilos aren't you <laughs> four foot seven mate four oh foot sorry seven, sorry <laughs> that one inch makes all the difference you know yeah it does yeah. but <laughs> 110 kilos aiming to cut down to like 90 88 kilos by the end of the year and how tall are you i'm somewhere between five nine and five ten i wasn't that far from you was i uh, i was crouching mate i was crouching over a bit <laughs> i didn't want to seem too domineering the first time we met so i didn't want to sure. i just i put my flat shoes on and i just crouched down a bit the games was enough to compensate for the heat, so for your height. <laughs> yeah, you've got more width than you've maxed got height. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wider than I'm taller, so then <laughs> I'm so tired, I don't even make sense anymore. But yeah. Nathan, you're five, uh, seven, eight, eight, five, seven. six, five, seven. And how yeah, yeah. heavy are you at the moment? Sorry? Do you know how heavy you are at the moment? Oh, yeah, about 80 kilos. About 80 kilos, okay, cool. It just shows you like a different, different heights and body shapes. Mm. And like, like mm. Joe said, that one guy seemed a bit taller. And then another guy was shorter and they both managed to win. So I guess it's taking advantage of what you got and 
if you're really good, like if your techers are good, I guess you mm. can be strong, That's right? Yeah, Joe, I was going to ask you just to get uh, started with our fitness topic. So our fitness topic is coach and client relationship. And I wanted mm. to ask you, obviously being a powerlifting coach, and you've competed yeah. before, and I assume you've prepped powerlifters for meets as well, right? How would that yeah. differentiate from prepping yourself and prepping somebody else? Uh, I would say, first and foremost, I would detach like my personal goals with well, what their goals are. Because from time to time, I do notice, I'm obviously not going to name any names, but like someone's, a coach would like learn something for themselves and then sort of like push that onto the, uh, someone they're coaching. I'm thinking maybe it could be advantageous, maybe not. But at the same time, you really got to focus on the individual lifter as they are. So, like, for example, like, I wouldn't really push someone to do Japanese-style benching if, I, if I'm pretty certain, like, maybe they've had, like, previous injuries, like, shattered their elbows, playing football, like, once upon a time. Just keep the individuality to, to, the, to the lifter themselves as opposed to, like, um, how I would prep myself. Like, I mean, obviously, the movements are pretty much generic. Like, there's the squat, bench, and deadlift. But how those, like, what the volume of the movements that you give them, the style, the style of, like, variation that you'd give, and even the accumulation of like the kilowage or the poundage uh, on a weekly basis like would be beneficial for one lifter as opposed to a, a different lifter mm. Mm. i was going to say you know when, obviously when you're when you're coaching a, a client it depends on what kind of person they are to how you how you sort of address them so some people that i know let's say they're trying to you know lose weight obviously just a mm. regular normal I don't know, fitness client some of them might need to be like handheld and some of them like to be told when they're doing things wrong is it the same kind of thing with, because obviously if they're doing powerlifting, they're, they're basically a performance-based athlete. So yeah. you find there's a lot less hand-holding because they're driven towards their goals or some people need to be like dragged along? Actually, it's all depending on the adaptability of your, your approach. So okay. obviously, again, like not every lift is the same. So some do need a bit more hand-holding than most. Others can just be like, all right, cool, this guy, I can trust this guy to know what he's doing. And, you know, also trust him to sort of, like, give me feedback whenever he feels as though he needs to, like, give me a heads up on something. Um, not, not, I've never had anyone that was the same as anyone else. Um, some needed a bit more explanation than others. Some literally needed me there more than others. Um, so, yeah, so again, it's all down to, like, how quickly you can adapt to what that specific lifter needs. So I guess that, that's probably what most, yeah. like, personal trainers in fitness would be doing would be like mm. on the different mm. types of clients because like different the different demographics different like personalities and everything else mm. you'd think that <laughs> you'd think that <laughs> some of them would give everyone the same thing and same approach and then some are hits and some are misses but yeah i, oh, yeah. I always think that makes a good sign of a good trainer whether it's powerlifter or personal trainer is a, a trainer who can tailor themselves depending on the client they've got in front of them and adapt exactly. to the scenario and situation they have as opposed to I'll give you an example, I won't say any names. Like I know trainers who are like hard nuts and train their clients like 80s and 90s and old school and they shout and get in their face. And I work for like maybe 50% of the population, but then you get like some population you can't do that approach with. And you might have to go for like a more sensitive or more passive approach. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good sign yeah, of a trainer. Like, I mean, uh, if you go through like the psychology of like how you can sort of approach different types of people, like, there are those actually um, that I've encountered as well that respond better to like emotion. And then you just sort of like learn to sort of tap into that and then sort of get the most out of it. And then there are those that um, react to like just more logical and then you get to know them again, their personality as a range and everything else. And then you sort of have, you know, I guess based on experience, you get to sort of figure out 
bit by bit by bit the type of approach that they would they would respond to really well if you're prepping someone for a meet how this be quite tricky to answer possibly how much responsibility do you take for them either performing or not performing depending on how much they've followed your program so if they don't follow your program at all and they've just been really really bad and they're not they're not listening and then they get to the meet and they don't perform how much of that do you feel is responsible to you and how much is responsible on them because at the end of the day they're almost like a reflection on your you know your coaching brand Mm -hmm. but at the same time you can't lift the weight for them they have to do something Mm -hmm. themselves so how much do you take responsibility for them personally 100 percent. okay 100 percent because obviously it's a two-way relationship right so it's basically saying like he needs me as much as i need him in terms of like and making it work so if he's gonna go his own way even though he's i guess he's seeked out for me or you know we have this sort of understanding that in order for this to work there needs to be like like communication involved if he's gonna forever like go go off on a tangent not follow what you know presumably what he approached me for for my expertise then as well as him dropping me as a coach i can also drop him as a lifter or her mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so as a so yeah it's 100 so if he's gonna go off on one following what i gave him then what's what's the point it's like mm. it's, a, it's a toxic relationship you know yeah. very, very be a romantic professional or anything yeah it's, it's yeah, it's not going to work out. Which leads me on to my next question. You don't have to say any names, but has it ever got to the point where you've had to drop someone as a as a client because it's just not working out for either of you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's good to know that there are coaches who are willing to have some have some balls and drop someone, even though you might lose money. It's it's not worth it for both of you. And if you've got the sort of like the common sense to do that and be open about it, I think that again that's a sign of a of a good train i'm not going to take everyone's money just because i can yeah it's, it has yeah, to be working yeah. for both of you let's say in terms of your clients what would you say have been some of the most impressive numbers and like achievements you've seen them make over the time that you've coached them but then also in terms of your powerlifting career what have been some of the moments where you've been like wow what's going on here when you saw, see someone lift a monstrous weight or something like that and like some of the big flops as well maybe <laughs> okay okay cool. that's that's a i'm, I'm gonna try to get, remember all the three questions so uh the most impressive lifter i've had so far is uh i, I think i think you've met him um quibs uh you've met uh jay right yeah the 83 lifter yeah his numbers are just skyrocketing literally year after year i mean even right now i mean like i've been with him through lockdown and he his best ever squat is 280 and he was just he, a few weeks back. He doubled it. His best ever bench was one six five. Like he he pushed like one seven five, I think for a single with a relative oh, what ease. What was his weight again? Could you say it was eighty three? Uh, did I miss it? Or? Yeah, eighty three. Yeah, yeah, I, he's, he's, yeah. He, he, yeah. Again, he, he's a bit like me. Like he struggles to fill in his weight class. He's never really had to cut before. So yeah, so he's he's just naturally with within his like natural weight class. And then his his deadlift, like man, I mean, again, it was like that sort of relationship, like yo, listen to me, listen to me, you'll get that three hundred deadlift. We just switch over to sumo. I don't care if you think it's cheating. And then lo and behold, he did the London meet, pulled sumo for the first time as a debut, three hundred, like that. And then yeah, that's crazy. So um, so sec- second question you had was the most impressive. Um, honestly, one of the most impressive ones was again when I when I got to meet. Uh, the Japanese lifter Daki Godama, he's like in the 74 weight class, benching 225 kilos raw. Jesus. And then, and then on top of that, on top of that, right? Because I got to hang out with him. He was competing 
of, I, I think, a couple of days later. And I was actually out with him the night before. And he was drinking, right? <laughs> and then he went to compete. He went to compete, right? And then he did an equip bench. And then he benched like 300 something on the, what? On the equip bench, which is a lot of person. 74 kilo what? guy, yeah. Oh no, my he, lord. He's just what? He's on, on a crazy, bench, he's like strong. Equipped. Equipped. Equipped bench Equipped. like using a bench shirt. It's like a oh. single ply shirt. Um, it's meant to like give you a bit more resistance on the way down, but it takes so much control to like actually use it to perfection. Interesting. And okay. um when, yeah, and then yeah, he's he's just so humble with it, man. And then literally after that, he won both raw and equipped bench press and then that very night i got to go out drinking with him and he drinks like crazy you know, and then that's then he parties like he parties like he's younger than me even though he's he's in a master's now so he's above wow. 40 above the crazy. age of 40 but his his technique is insane and i think your last question was was like the biggest flop um so I, when i went to coach durance uh in canada worlds the world championship mm-hmm. there was a fella that because um, I went to watch the other weight classes in the 120 weight class, yeah, 120 weight class, and there was this fella. I knew just from looking at him, man, like, yeah, this is this is not this is not gonna go right. Like his his knee sleeves were like disheveled. It was just like, whoa, what's what's going on? How come doesn't even look neat? And then his warm ups, it it just didn't make sense to me. Obviously, when you've seen people warm up in a warm up room millions and millions of times, you know what a warm up is meant to look mm-hmm. like, and it just didn't make sense to me. Then, literally, it was like the first squat first lift of you know squat bench deadlift man he went to unwrap that weight i think it's like 350 kilos he was like shaking like a leaf i was like this guy this guy is gonna collapse or something and then they had to re-rack him wait for him to make a second attempt that did and then he literally bombed out because his attempt was way too high he was going for the i think he was going for the world record at the time and yeah i think and then there was, I think it was the second attempt, like, it actually got to a point when he had to dump the bar, but this is 350 kilos. I don't care uh, if you have eight man, 10 man, like, if you're trying to catch a moving bar that's, that weighs 350 kilos, that's going to be like, rock. Mm. It's going away. No point to... trying to... <laughs> exactly, yeah, just like, Jesus take the wheel, like, sort of situation. Yeah. Like, yeah mm. Jesus take the barbell. More like. <laughs> yeah, and then it was weird because there was just like, a bunch of dramatics in the, in the warm-up room when... He knew he, he couldn't lift anymore. It was just... Okay. So, when did your anime journey start? Like Mine? Yeah. From the young boy. Like, I remember the first time I saw Dragon Ball Z and I was like, copying all of like, Goku's and Piccolo's moves and I was like, Rah! I'm feeling kind of <laughs> strong still. Let's say from Dragon Ball to what you're watching now, what have you watched over the years? Uh, over the years, I've tried to dabble in as many different things as I can, like uh, from sort of like mech anime to sort of like, uh, I guess, gore, like Attack on Titan, Helsing, sort of like, and then obviously the sort of, uh, I guess, the feudal era, sort of like samurai, like Ruin Kenshin and a bunch of other stuff. And then obviously fantasy, like Seven Deadly Sins, Fate, um, Fate Night and all that stuff. So try and um, be as eclectic as possible. Nice. I, I respect that because you get a lot of um, anime fans who kind of like stick with their one genre and they just won't bother with any other genres. And I, I like when anime fans will like will dabble in different ones and appreciate different genres for what they are. It's quite cool. Yeah. But would you say, um, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. It might not be your main actual top five, but off the top of your head, what would you say are like your top five like anime, the ones that you'd recommend and rate higher than any any others. 
I was literally just about to ask that exact same question. Damn it! Right. Yeah, next one. Uh, I don't know if I can if I can rate it like from one to five. So that's right. Just five. Doesn't have to be five. Yeah, yeah. This is top right, five. Five. Um, I'm really into my mech anime, so I'd say Gundam Wing. That's the one that really opened up mech anime for me. And then um, uh, another mech anime uh, that's in there is a bit more noir. Uh, I guess in sort of like genre, which is like the big O. I'm pretty sure you lot know about it. Like I remember stumbling on it on like Toonami and I was like, rah, this, let me just watch the rest of this on like on a on a on a stream or something. Um mm. obviously yeah, I can't fault Dragon Ball Z that even though like there were some things later in life I thought, oh that was a bit like could have gone better than that. <laughs> uh how is that how is that now like that's, that's, that's three, three now, isn't it? That's three, yeah, yeah. I've got two left. Sorry, man. It's just that like, I just I just fought back on like the whole Goku changing like into a Super Saiyan and playing Lemmet in like hell episodes, and I was like, wow. Oh, as a child, I didn't really think of the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, another two, another two would be you know what? Like I think I told Cribs I was rewatching like Ruin Kenshin. Sometimes I like to watch back things from like. Mm. I used to watch like when I was younger, like like the older animes. And uh, lastly, from the fantasy sort of realm, well, they're all pretty much fantasy, but like in terms of like the more fantasy, fantasy, I say um, Inuyasha. Oh yeah, I know the one. Yeah, that, that that's I guess that's that's my top five. I don't know. I don't know if it resonates with anyone else. No, that's like, cool. You, you you strike me as someone with like a really nice classic taste. I like that you mentioned Inuyasha and Rurouni Kenshin. They're both like classic staples that not a lot of people talk about. But they're actually really good. And I'll tell you what, if they got like a remake and it came out now, they'd, they'd get a lot more uh, coverage. Than, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, like, be, becoming, like being a weeb is becoming a bit more of a norm now, isn't it? Like it's not really a, a niche. So I guess, yeah, definitely having a bigger fan base if they would be released. I've got, I've got a harder, maybe a harder question than that. Oh, yeah. what's, what's the worst anime you've ever watched? Worst anime that you finished, that you finished, like you, like you at least oh, finished the season, like you, you at least finished like a season. You didn't just, or and one that you maybe you watched like two episodes. You're like, this is absolute trash. I'm not watching anymore. So it could be two. Uh, <laughs> it's alright. The manga guy is not listening to this, so you'll be alright. You're not offending anyone. You know what? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I would say a couple of episodes, and I was like, nah, this, this ain't it. This ain't it. And I know I'm gonna get a lot, a lot of hate for this, maybe. But Naruto, I was like, no. Oh! oh I like, I can't, I can't, man. Like, what was it? What was it? I don't know, man. It's like, it's like, you know what? I didn't even clock it when I first sort of like heard about it, watched it. But when I sort of stumbled on like comparisons, right, of whole like the sort of what they were trying to go for, someone made a, a point like it was kind of getting to Dragon Ball Z esque. I saw like, oh, yeah. This guy, this guy needs to train to get this level. Da, 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 and they were just like making up words that pretty much was going to be like a different version of Super Saiyan or some of sorts. Uh, so yeah, that was that was that was the couple episodes one. And I don't, I'm not going to get a lot of hate for it. I'm like, oh, you didn't even, you didn't even give a chance, bro. Da, da, da. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Straight well, yeah, these these two these two have watched Naruto. I've never seen it, so I'm not judging you at all. Oh, hmm. thanks, bro. See, I've never that. seen it. It's fine. You don't, you don't need to watch it. If you watch Dragon Ball Z, you don't need to watch it. Yeah, I've watched, I've watched Dragon Ball, yeah. And then, uh, in terms of like something I've watched the entirety and thought, oh, this is actually shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, even though I, I thoroughly enjoyed like the first, I guess, five episodes of it. I would, I would say Sword Art Online. Get that, I understand that. Yeah, because the moment, the moment they started like, like 
giving up more episodes, like churning it out, I thought, rah, like this story is just like, it's been milked to bits. Mm. Right. Like it, the first seven episodes, you can't get any more better than that. You picked like, like two um, massive anime, by the way, like really, really yeah. super strong, like fan bases. But yeah, you pick like a really niche, small one. You went for like the big, the big dogs, yeah. which I, 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 I respect your, uh, your honesty on those two. What are you, um, what are you watching? What are you watching at the moment currently? Um, literally just stumbled on this thing called Helsing, and I think like I, I'm watching it with someone else, and we both started at the same time, and we were just both saying, like, I think this, this anime was ahead of its time, because in terms of like action sequences it has, I'm like, rah, this, I can't believe this was made in 2006. And I'm only watching it into like 2020, like that's 14 years. And like in, ter- in terms of like the storyline, the plot line, it's really got me, ho- I guess all good animes gets you hooked after the end of each episode. But mm. like after you've watched a bunch, there's, there's like that, that specific distinct feeling that, that you sort of sense at the end of each episode. It's like, yeah, I need to watch like, it's like it could be like three o'clock in the morning. And you're like, oh, I need to go to bed, but one more episode. Like, <laughs> feeling. Uh, Do you have any questions for us, Joey, before we move on? But yeah, I got, I got, I got one more question actually. I got one more question actually, and it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone here has watched Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. and the first time they got exposed to it, it was like, like, like Matt said, it was uh, in the American dub. How creeped out were you when you first heard it in Japanese and Goku's voice was like mad high pitch? <laughs> it was a bit of a shock, boy. I'm like, wrong. Like this guy is like an absolute beast, but he speak like. A freaking twelve-year-old, like it's a woman. It's a woman. Yeah, it's a voice yeah, actress. yeah, a woman. Yeah. Was it Miyuki? Yeah. No, not Miyuki. What's her name? Mitsu. Ah, oh, I can't remember. That's bad. Poor Cribs. Who is it? Come on, you should know. Nah, I'm, I'm, nah, don't look it up. Don't, don't cheat. Anymore. Come on. <laughs> I don't know why the voice actor's not gonna lie. Yeah, it's weird. It's um, it. I can't. So I watched Super last year, and I just, I, it's just so annoying. His voice, it just, it just grinds me down. It's one of those where. I would rather watch it in in English oh. because it's just so he is so annoying. Yeah. Although Vegeta, Vegeta is fine. It's just it's just God, God, so so annoying. Yeah. I mean, I Vegeta is my, my favorite character anyway, so it's calm. I don't mind yeah. listening to. Mm. Him. Yeah, he's fine. But yeah, it was it is weird. Are there any are there any that you would rather watch in English than in Japanese? You know what? Um, some of the Fate Night uh, series because. Um, so a part of me is always curious when they try and put a, an anime set in like England, mm-hmm. and I just want to know what I just want to know what like what type of waffle they're trying to like put on. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I remember one time, yeah, like there was this, there was this like they were hunting for this vampire, and uh, they were going up the motorway, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you'll you'll find them in Route 17." And I'm thinking, "Raw, I've never heard of Route 17 anywhere in England, bro." Like th- these guys are just like, yeah. It's not the A2, it's the A217. What's this route 17? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you'll find him on Croydon yeah. High Street. All right, <laughs> 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 uh, cool. Oh, Let's move on to the main topic then. So, yeah, last week, the, um, <laughs> the high officials in Japan shut down Kiss Anime. Kiss Anime and Kiss Manga, if I'm correct, yeah. Yeah, both, yeah. Yeah, and... If rumor serves me right, like a few weeks before that, Kiss Anime was acting up anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. You got I mean, a scoop. Yeah. Go on, dish out the scoop. Come on. I got a scoop. A friend told me that he couldn't really watch much on it. Okay. So it's like you will start watching stuff and then we'll go on to some next page. Mm-hmm. Like when you try and access it. And what's that next page? Oh. You know those pop-up pages and that? I don't know what you're talking about, Quibs. Please go into more detail for all the <laughs> listeners. 
there's a whole load of pop-up pages on these anime sites. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> do tell. All kinds of pop-up pages. And like this is how the those pages make money is mm. through those um, other things, advertising. And you get oh, the ads, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying all the ads I've been getting is just like about bicycles and that, and I'm like, raw. Bicycles, yeah. It's nice for some. Bit bit random though. <laughs> Boy. Yeah, I'm getting enlargement pop-ups and stuff like you know. Obviously, obviously, needs to enlarge them biceps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Quibbs is being it. told there's seven eligible ladies in his area that want to speak to yeah. him. That's oh, yeah. 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 It is. <laughs> yeah, mature. It's always 1.2 miles away. Yeah, mature <laughs> ladies are like two miles away. One spin like that. <laughs> well, it kind of begs the question here yeah. Should anime slash art like that be free? Yes or no, and why? But also, what are our thoughts on sites like Kiss Anime getting shut down in comparison to? Other sites like let's say Crunchyroll, Funimation, where you have to pay to watch anime. Before anyone answers that question, I'm going to ask you a question back about yeah. should that be free? Okay, you you're a musician. You make a, an original song. Mm. Let's say let's say on uh, let's say on go let's go for piano. Yeah, like a nice little jazz rendition, and you make it and you record it and you make a CD or whatever. Should someone else be able to have? your intellectual property and make money from it without you getting any money from it is that fair that's not fair but it depends on my intention of the when i release the art so let's say if i release the art for the enjoyment of the general public and i just want people to buy it before i play it i don't want any money from it etc etc but you have artists like that then calm but if i release the art with the intention of making something from it and then you have those who I'm making money from my thing, but not give me any of those money. Don't give me any of that money back. Then now that's a check. Okay. What if it's your job? Yeah. Surely you, yeah. Okay. So in that respect, we should pay to watch anime that's released. Now pay in some way. So for example, if you watch BBC, BBC or whatever, you're paying your TV license and you're paying for maybe Sky or Virgin or whatever. So I am, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's just say I do pay for that. So <laughs> you, you pay you pay for the privilege of watching whatever you watch on the TV. And then what happens behind the scenes is up to whatever organization. So they get a cut of that. This gets shared here, blah, blah, blah. Money gets split. So you pay for that privilege. You wouldn't expect your TV to be free or, that, or Sky to be free because you're getting something from it. So mm. if, if we think about it logically, it's the same thing. A production company of sorts has spent their time, money, effort, uh, creative skills into making this for what? For me to watch it for free. So I don't think that's right, which is why, and this is something that Nathan said to me years ago about him, because you can get the Crunchyroll app, the free version, which has got mm. loads of ads, which is fine because they get money from the ads. That's how they make it. So you're not watching it for, for free, technically, because the ads are paying for it. Or you pay five pounds a month and you, or whether it's six pounds a month to watch the anime without the ads. So I'm happy to do that because anime is something I like to watch. I like to watch it. I want to support the anime community and whatever mm. in any way I can. So I'll pay to watch it. I only use streaming sites if I cannot find yeah. my anime on, on a paid site. So I'm not mad about it getting taken down. Plus, no. I never used it. You just watch on GoGo anime instead. <laughs> it's just, just another version of Kiss Anime. Yeah. <laughs> See now, 
I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think um, anime should be free. I think you should pay for it just because main reason being is um, animators in general get paid really rubbish and they work like a dog. Like they work mm. so many hours that they get paid very low salaries. And the only money they actually mm. make, the anima- so the animation studios only make money from Blu-ray sales. So and you've got people who don't even buy Blu-rays and DVDs. So I think if you have, just put it out there, if there's any anime you really like, go out there and buy the Blu-rays and DVDs. And then you've got people like the manga cars, they only make any money if people buy the manga. Hence why they do animes. The point of animes is to promote the original source, which is the manga. So all those elements where you can pay for it, if you're not buying it via Crunchyroll, then actually buy the actual DVDs, or you can go out there and buy the source material if you like it enough. There's so many like avenues you can go. There's no real excuses to kind of cut corners and just do it for free, just for your own liking. I think a lot of people are happy to do that when really, if you really appreciate it and you want more seasons of certain shows, then you can go out there and contribute a little bit, maybe five pound, 10 pound here or there. Yeah, Joe, what do you think? Free streaming or pay? You know, I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a mixed bag. Car, say for example, like, you know, I guess this is a good example actually. Uh, you know, um, Seven Deadly Sins. It's on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. It's a, it's, it's a decent, it's a decent, decent series. But when I'm hooked on something, and I know it's gonna go on Netflix anyway, I don't feel bad whatsoever streaming it in advance before it goes on Netflix. Mm-hmm. However, I know I've heard about like how the animators get like pretty much peanuts, mm-hmm. like just doing doing the hard work that they do. So obviously they need some form of reparations, and I fully support that. So. If if net if Netflix, Amazon Prime, Crunchyroll, you know they they do their thing by all means, I'll support that as per as per. Mm. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's my final piece on it really. The question I have is, I, I try. And, I try and, so you finish your story. No no no, I will, uh, I'll answer it really. The question I have is, once my money goes to Crunchyroll, how do they then distribute that money to the different anime studios and, and what do they take for themselves and how do they use what they take for themselves? So pretty much, where does that money go once it goes to them? Yeah, you're saying that, yeah. Well, I don't know, yeah, I don't think any of us know the, the actual finer details. But I imagine, think of it this way: if you're like a, a Crunchyroll like corporate company and you stream anime, you obviously have to pay a license for those shows because yeah. it's the same as if you had like a TV production, like Channel yeah. Four, Channel Five. You buy the you buy the rights to show. You buy the rights, yeah. yeah. And obviously, to get you, you obviously have investors for that, and obviously the investors are happy to invest because they know there's a certain amount of people subscribing to Crunchyroll, for example. Yeah. So I'd imagine because there's such a lot of people subscribing to it, it gives investors more um, confidence to invest money so <clears throat> Crunchyroll can then mm-hmm. buy rights for certain shows. Yeah. And then buy, buy it. So they'll, they'll buy it from like Aniplex or yeah, yeah. which studio, whatever. You just buy from them and then they are going to use that money whichever way they see fit. Yeah. They'll spread that if down, the, people, down the tree or whatever. Whereas Crunchyroll was small time, then yeah, yeah, there's no way they would like for example, like they managed to get the rights for webtoons. Like God of High School, mm-hmm. Tower of God, now no no Belize is just coming out. They've all been on like um webtoons for years and everyone's been waiting for the anime versions of that. And Crunchyroll have done well enough now, probably other reasons as well, maybe their social media or whatever it might be, that they've now been able to buy the rights to animate or help um what's the word, present the new webtoons in anime form now. What I want to know is why Crunchyroll have zero to a like was it two hundred and thirty? I can't remember the exact number. They've got the first couple of hundreds of One Piece, and then there's like a seven hundred episode gap or something. And now and then they've got like 
910 onwards. What happened <laughs> to those Someone's 700 episodes? Clearly. Like, that, it's, not, it's so much easier to watch it on... Because once it stopped on, on Huntrell, it does seem like such a bigger effort to watch it on gogo because because i watch it on my tv on the on the internet app it's just got to click here scroll here click it takes me another i don't know 30 seconds to watch one episode but it feels like a lot of effort mm. i just wanted to run episode to episode without the ads and pop-ups yeah well the 30 seconds add up in it you know i do when you when you watch 900 episodes the 30 seconds definitely add up yeah that's, <laughs> that's, a that's, that's, that's a lot that's a, that's a couple of days still yeah and that's that's yeah. why i bought that's why i bought the control app because there's there was like four ads every episode and each ad was like 15 to 20 seconds. I'm thinking, hold on. If I watch 10 episodes a day, that is a lot of my time. I could be doing other stuff. So I'd rather just pay him. It's fine. But yeah, I don't think it should be free. People who go, oh yeah, it should be free to stream it. I think, well, what's your job? You're an accountant. Okay. Are you going to go and do your job for free? No, you get paid to do your job. Everyone deserves to get paid to do their job. Just because that's not your job. You're looking at that as your hobby, watching anime. It's not their hobby. That's their job. Most people who watch Kiss Anime and stuff, to begin with, this is before Crunchyroll was even like mainstream. So that was literally the only place you could watch anime was on pirated sites. We're talking like uTorrent and stuff, like we're downloading it and stuff. The OG Kiss Anime. So, and then you just stick with what you know, right? Because you're like, well, I've always watched Kiss Anime. All the anime's on here. Why would I then go pay on Crunchyroll to get some of them? Unless you're someone who actually doesn't mind actually helping out. But most people are like, well, I'd rather not. It's five pounds. I've got it all here for free. And then that so site goes, and then there's like 10 more that replace them. So it's. So what you're saying is essentially that everyone who doesn't pay for Crunchyroll is a bit of a slime ball. Not Crunchyroll. There's other ways you can obviously like contribute. But yeah, if you're not contributing. So essentially, then... they're a bad person. And that's what you just said, Nathan. That's you. Yeah, that's your opinion. You think everyone is horrible. That's fine. Yeah, okay. I'll agree with that. But then to counteract that, though, there are certain regions where there are certain regions in the world where where you can't access either Crunchyroll, Funimation, or anything like that. The only places you can actually find anime is through websites like Kiss Anime and Google mm-hmm. Anime. Mm. In addition to that, is the whole thing of not all anime that you want to watch is available on these ones that you pay for. Yeah, yeah. In my That's mind, is like if I'm going to pay for it, you need to have anything I want to watch in it because that's what am I paying for? Mm. In addition to that, as well. When it comes to the legality of um, the pirate sites, lawyers are not correct me. I need to call my brother and double check. But from what I know, <laughs> before I'm going to get myself in trouble, it's not illegal for you to watch it if it's on a streaming site like this. Mm. It's illegal for them to be putting it there in the first place, but not legal yeah, for you to be consuming right. that content. But yeah. if that's the case, then if the government and the powers that be really didn't want us watching it, they should be talking to the telecom providers and the people that provide the internet. To, uh, services to us to stop us well block those websites then yeah because they do have the powers to do that but they don't yeah there's obviously someone there's a middleman there someone making there's, money that's benefiting someone, both parties yeah yeah i mean there's the only thing where the only problem is that these websites let's be honest from what we know they're not supporting the anime com- community in the sense that they're not supporting the people making anime from what but, I've it's, seen anyway. but it's weird because they are also supporting anime by, by exposing anime. It's really yeah. weird. It's like a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's kind of hard to say, take it down and then less people watch it and then we'll be like, why are less people mm. watching anime? Like, I, like, I could tell you guys, it's not, I don't know if any of you know this, um, you know Wit Studio, so they're the studio that anime Attack on Titan up until now. Obviously, we know the next season is going to be animated by Mappa Studio, which is a separate studio. The reason why Wit Studio dropped it was for <laughs> those reasons. They're, they're undermanned. It's too much for them. That's a good reason why season two took four years to come out because mm. they couldn't do it. 
because it was just they, they don't have enough staff in the studio and they work to the bone. Mm. That's why it's changed studios. But if they were if they were receiving more money through different mediums, they could hire more people to. to yeah, do you it. would think that way. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah, I think it's probably the boss involved. I think he was yeah keeping the money to himself because the Tiger Tires should be doing well. Yeah, true. Mm. Well, everyone go and everyone go and buy Crunchyroll, all right? Because obviously you're in big trouble with me. Another kind of tangent from that, though. So you all know that Netflix has a variety of anime on it, but in my opinion, when you have when you look at the anime out there, then the anime available on Netflix, if you're not careful, it could give you a bad opinion on anime because there's not really much in terms of variety. And then there's also like when you look at the top Hallmark anime. They're not on Netflix mm-hmm. at the moment. Netflix is doing their fair bit to yeah. help the anime community and help give them more exposure. But let's say, I reckon a big power move for Netflix would be to buy Crunchyroll. And then that way, it's a thing where, oh, Nate's face is like... That'd be, no, I'm, I'm just picturing that. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Because in my opinion, it's like, Crunchyroll is not enough of a, and Funimation, they're not enough of a household name. Mm. For you to think, okay, if I want to watch anime, this is where I'm going to watch it. But to be t- completely honest with you, when I first got introduced to anime, I got introduced to all, the, all these sites and learned how to navigate yeah. the yeah, web. And it's not even like it's on a dark web. Like you have to get some net, Nets mTOR and all that kind of stuff to access it. These websites are easily accessible. Just type in Dragon Ball anime. And like these are the, some of the top websites that come up. You know what? Yeah, just, just to stem off from that, like this is a good point. Like Netflix is like, might give... A, you know a negative connotation to what, what true anime really is but what, the, another thing to consider is that what's available in different regions is not always the same for what's, what's being shown as anime there mm. like there are times that when I've seen anime in like Asia and I guess oh, yeah. anime in America being like much much more of a higher caliber than what's what we have here and it, it, it's, it's frustrating because obviously like Obviously, you want those around you to be exposed to the greatness that is anime and what what makes it what makes it so good. Obviously, there are ways around it. Like I've I've met a number of people that use VPNs to use like yeah. Netflix, Netflix Japan, which is like I guess where you would see like the mecca of anime being yeah. like available. And obviously, net, net, sometimes Netflix USA has some gems. For a while, they had G Gundam, I think, and I thought that was really dope. Another, another one of the Gundam series that I thought like is completely underrated. Well, let's let's just have a quick scroll. Right, so I've gone. On, I'm on Netflix, right, just to see what the top ones that pop up, and we'll see if we'll see if it's fair to say if Netflix give like a good anime, like a rough thing, right? So these are the top well, ones in, in the UK. It's the UK, UK, right? So I've just typed in anime, and then I'm going to click on anime. Uh, can, I just, can I just give my answer right now? Yeah, yeah, go on. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, hold on. Right. Uh, Kake, Kakiguri, uh, A Silent Voice, Sword Art Online, Death Note, Baki, Castlevania, Avatar, Anohana, Devilman Crybaby, Angel Beats, Full Metal, Seven Seeds, um, Evangelion, The Dragon Prince, and then um, they've also got, <laughs> got live actually, got Bleach on there. Um, and then, yeah, we're not talking about that. Seven Deadly Sins, Haikyuu, My Hero, A Silent Boy, Spirited Away, Your Name, Akamiga Kill, One Punch Man, Tokyo Ghoul, Love Trini Byo, and Other Delusions, Attack on Titan, uh, my neighbor Totoro, Blue Exorcist, Howl's Moving Castle, No Game, No Life, Little Witch Academia, Saki K, um, Kengan Ashuran, Noragami, A Whisker Away, Parasite, Jojo, Erased. Yeah, they're, they're, they are there. slightly more yeah. mainstream, but there are some decent ones. Yeah. But there are some also like some fluffy ones for people maybe who this, don't. This, I don't know. It's not, ter- it's not it's terrible. It's not terrible. Better than nothing, right? It'll be taking that. Have. 
because you, you want to have a streaming platform where you have all the good anime right or all of the anime but you forget anime is not a single genre it's like thousands of anime like i think Crunchyroll is doing a good enough job as it is like if you went on the country roll like list of anime it's ridiculous everyone there's a few gems might be missing but you'd be very 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 lucky to ever find like an actual dedicated paying platform streaming platform that has every anime i just i don't see that happening especially when every single anime you've got them by license for all of them individually and then some of them were going to hold back like even get you on one it was netflix only just bought that and they've been trying to buy that for the last seven years they only got it this year that's a good example and then like it depends on your perspective. I think that list match with some people might read that list and go, that's amazing. And then you got some people who go, eh, I don't like that. I don't like the... Yeah, me. Or, do you know what I mean? So it, it depends. It's personal preference for you. I think Obviously, that's, that's just, point, that's just right? 20 that pop up when you type in anime. Yeah, I, I it it might have anime that you like. 12 decent ones. You know, I mean, it looks like the anime selection on Amazon Prime is is worse than that. Oh, yeah. Amazon Prime oh, is yeah, really it's, yeah, it's no. trash. It looks... Yeah, I'm scrolling. It's... Yeah, it's, it's like some B Tech anime. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is uh, like what's like what's the cheapest? Let's get it. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're doing a good job. Crunchyroll are doing a good job, or the, the best job they can with whatever exactly. results they've got. So yeah, we'll keep, we'll pay, we'll support. Hopefully, it becomes a bit more mainstream. So like Joey said earlier, it's been a bit more mainstream now to like anime and come out and say you like anime. A bit more cool, you know. Celebrity, mm. Celebrities coming out saying, "Yeah, I like this." All those people following them because they like one anime show. But yeah, it's good that it's getting a bit more mainstream. Hopefully more of it will seep into these like main mm. things like Netflix so we can see more because that would be yeah. cool. Yeah, like before we go, like, I'll, stri- I'll strike a good cam- comparison. So let's say your actual live action TV series. I guarantee you there's some shows that you'll watch that are on Netflix and then there's some shows that aren't on Netflix that you then got to go watch on Amazon Prime. And then there's some shows mm. that aren't on either that you've probably got to find elsewhere and get on like, I don't know, Now TV, like when Game of Thrones was releasing. So it's yeah. the same thing. Like you won't find a TV streaming platform that's got everything. You have to then dabble and go on different ones, or just do what like Kiss Anime and Anime do. You will go on like Watch Series TV Net. Yeah. To find what you need. So I, I don't. Yeah, I think we should probably cut them a little bit of slack. Some of these streaming platforms yeah. for anime, they're doing the best they can, just like yeah. any other streaming platform. General consensus is let's try and support anime. Yeah. in whatever way we can but i think yeah. one last thing though because we're supposed to talk about this is that the thing where they didn't get a chance to joe did you see that video circulating where it was a racist uh white guy on the tube and then in the ends are getting sparked oh what some so, was it was it like oh my name's billy steel like yeah well, what about him? i never really saw the clip though i only saw him i saw I only mm-hmm. saw him like yelling saying his name and then get it was uh, a really over. clean, really clean knockout by the guy. Was, right. As he as he got off the tr- as he got off the train, he like turned, he turned and just popped him straight in like the jaw, and he just went, he was out cold within a millisecond. Uh, he was he was down for a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might try to find that clip though. Crips has, Crips has got it. Get him to send it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got I got send it, it to you, bro. Link me, link me. <laughs> no way, I got you. But pretty much, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts in it because it seemed like there's a whole there's different schools of, of thought. Or online, some of the comments, also some group chats as well. Some people were like, "Yeah, he deserved all that was coming to him. He got the just desserts, etc., etc." And some people were like, "Ah, oh, what does it serve to knock out a racist? Da, 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 da. Are we gonna go out knocking all knocking out all racists now, etc., cetera, etc.?" Cetera. I mean, I've painted caricatures of both sides, but I wanted to see what were the thoughts of people on the podcast. Let's just say, yeah, he deserves it still. Probably a little bit more, but yeah. Like maybe a little teabag here and there. I don't know. <laughs> I think the whole carriage could have teabagged him. He was out for a long time. 
Yeah, well, look at this perspective. Let's say you were a racist person watching that video. Let's say you saw both different types of ending. If you saw a video where he got away with it, and then you saw a version where he got smacked in the face for it, you're probably going to keep your mouth shut next time yourself if you're a like racist person because you saw that there was consequences at the end of it. It depends, though. Right. It depends. You could be, you could be, you could be an aggressive racist and be like, "Oh, you know what? Next time we're gonna go out in twos instead of singles and whatever, and then so I come back, my boy." Or you could be like, "Oh, you know what? I don't really want to get spot like that and get put be put on a viral video online just for everyone be like, oh, Billy still got knocked the fuck out.'" But like again, it, 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 if if you really like look back into like the extremities, because racism is an, an ex, a form of extremism, isn't it? And if you look back on, like, I guess a form of that in history, I guess it, a, a very, very major one is, like, Hitler. That guy was as racist as racist can be. Like, he literally killed millions for it. And, like, the only solution that the world had for it is, like, to wipe him out. And that, mm. obviously, that, obviously that helped, you know, the future generations thereafter. If we, if we just could be like, oh, no, let's just appease him, da da da, da. What kind of world are we going to live in if we just allowed that still? So... Like again, like sometimes shit like that, you just gotta nip it in the bud, like violence, whatever. Because some people, that's the only way some people are gonna learn, isn't it? Like if they feel as though they can forever trample on people by like people being like, you know, like um, being a pacifist, they're gonna, they're gonna, human beings, they're gonna take advantage of that. That's just, that's just our nature. You know what I mean? Like if they feel as though they can, you know, push their belief somewhere without being stopped, they're just gonna continue and continue. Like sometimes mm. you just gotta, Stop that like as soon as possible. The only thing is you don't want the guy who did it to get in trouble because on one hand, we can all agree the guy definitely deserved it because mm. you know it's uh, just it fundamentally it, wrong. But then if the guy then gets in trouble and got and serves, you know, a couple of months or he's on probation because he's essentially he's performed was it ABH or GBH or whatever it is, because he's yeah. he's he's assaulted the guy. Let's be honest. Yeah. It it was it was provoked for sure and it was a racial attack. But then, I mean, he's, I mean, but then I mean, he's, he's punched him. So he's now liable to be in trouble himself as well. So it's like, it's trouble for trouble. He definitely deserved it. But, you know, hopefully he doesn't get in trouble because then that kind of defeats the object of, you know, it's, it's like an eye for an eye, but it's not really, is it? It's kind of hard. Uh, I, I guess so. But like, in the, obviously I'm not really all that well-versed in the eyes of the law, but I reckon that at some stage that can be classed as self-defense. Like, yeah, I, know I did that, think about that I know, earlier. I know, yeah. that, I know that hurling abuse at another person, can, you can be charged um, for battery. Because that is that still as it constitutes a battery. So mm. if if someone we are, if you felt threatened by someone like <laughs> hurling words at you and you defend yourself, that I guess that is a form of self defense. Maybe yeah. get a fire, maybe get a slap on the wrist, but it again, you know, I'm pretty sure I, I don't I forgot how it works in Queen the magistrate court, but or like the criminal court. But the prosecutor has to find a way to prove you guilty if you're the assailant in there. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's always innocent, yeah, before proving guilty for sure. Yeah, but yeah. The guy definitely deserved it, and that uh, part of you always thinks that is a fucking clean hit, and he is gone. So it's very satisfying to see someone get their comeuppance. But Boy, if, if if the judge don't find that satisfying, then I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. Looking at the video, though, I think maybe it could have been planned that they're going to spark him as they got off in it. I think it, I think it looked cool. like that from the way they were how the way they were walking like that slowly and then turned. It did look like that. Yeah, because the last one kind of flocked it by walking into him a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy was looking like, okay, what's what's going on? And because he didn't know where it was coming from, when it landed, he was confused. Yeah. He was com like completely confuddled, and then that pop, he was yeah. gone. 
a lot of people are like, oh, it doesn't actually serve the guy who points him to who has done it, etc., etc. But at the same time, um, school of thought is chat shit, get banged. Simple. We were chatting the most for good three, but you saw three minutes. Ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. it's going up longer. And I think what annoys me is that the whole of the people in the carriage. So I'm shaking their heads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But and then you had a woman who were to say yeah, up yeah. Him and actually going yeah, up yeah. against guy calling him a coward, etc., etc. But no one was stopping him or going up to him to try and stop him from what he was saying yeah. when he was saying it. Yeah. Saying, yeah. Actually getting in his face and actually trying to challenge his thoughts. Yeah. Now yeah, that yeah. it gets yeah, to the point good. where they have now gone, they're getting off the tube now, and the guy's still continuing. He's like, "Go on then." Yeah. And then you get that spark. Most people have more of a problem with that than they, from what I saw anyway, than they had with all the abuse preceding it. They're like, oh, their answer's not always violence. But in my opinion, the violence started when you uh, spark on the racial abuse. All right, Joey, if people want to get hold of you or like get in touch about like um, coaching, things like that, what are your like handles and the email and stuff? Uh, just go on my Instagram, the number 11, so 11.joey, J-O-E-Y. And then just reach from there. That's the only one I've got on the social. That's okay. like open. Cool. And you've got spaces for coaching at the moment. You, you can take people on if you... Uh, not until next month, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. Busy man. you got you got a waiting list. Uh, no, not, not really that. It's just like I, I try to take in as much as I know I can take. Yeah, so I'm that's not gonna, good. I'm not going to lie to someone and give them like a shitty quality sort of treatment. Yeah, no, that's good. Another sign mm. of, of a good coach. That's fair enough. I tried. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna spout off our, our social stuff. Um, so for everyone listening, if you're not on the the Instagram, go to Wham Weaves. And on Mondays we post memes. We've got free memes coming in on Mondays, made by myself and my co-hosts. Tuesday is guess who? So male, female, and wild card uh, anime characters. We blur them out. You've got to guess who they are, and then we give you the answers on Wednesday. Thursday, we put up a little promo vid of the episode that will be released. Friday, we do scene of the week or any more memes or news-related things we think are important. We're going to put them on there. And then Saturday, we have physique on a wig, the big boys. Uh, we're into our tournament now. We're deep into the tournament. So we have a little uh, AVB. And then Sunday, we reveal the answer to that. Quibs, can you tell us about... Um, release times and where we can find the podcast but the podcast is to be released midnight well thursday morning so 12 a.m thursday and you can find the podcast on anywhere you can find podcasts itunes anchor spotify you name it you can, you can find there and if you can't find it there send us a message and we'll put it on the on the platform that you use to listen to your podcast please rate subscribe comment share do anything you can do to help the podcast grow yeah, last, last thing I just want to say, thank, thanks guys for this uh, opportunity. I had a few laughs. It was definitely worth my time. Yeah, you're very welcome, mate. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking your time, mate. Yeah, cool. All right, guys. We're done. Yeah. See ya. Yeah.